You're listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all your latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Rachel's season and interviewing all your favorite past Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up? It is podcast number 27. I'm your host, Reality Steve. A little bit of a change up for you this week. I know on Tuesday I had promoted the fact that we were going to have Deanna Stagliano on the show due to my incompetence and um, some miscommunication in terms of scheduling and miscommunication on emails. Unfortunately, Deanna is not going to be our guest this week. Hope to have her on in the future, but Instead, we got everybody's favorite. We've had her on the podcast before, and she's coming back for a second go-round, and it is none other, none other than Claire Crawley. Hey, Claire. How's it going? Lucky you. Yeah, I know. How about that? Like, we have a last-second cancellation, or not even cancellation, just I, there's stuff going back and forth, and I just got my wires crossed, and I think Deanna got her wires crossed by stuff that I said that says... This isn't a Brit situation. There's nothing to do with, you know, <laughs> oh, she was asking for money or anything like that. It just. It happens. Uh, yeah, it happens. it happens. And so I really appreciate you filling in here and doing this because I know the first time around that you were on just like a month ago, uh, yeah. a lot of people enjoyed having you on. So I knew I could easily come to you and you would be helpful in this. And I know that people mm-hmm. are going to. Love hearing from you again. So well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so since we last spoke, what you been up to? Mm, what were you doing tonight? To- what were you doing like when, before I got a hold of you <laughs> to do this? You actually caught me. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but you caught me hot off of three hours of yoga right now. So I'm either going to be really, really uneventful and boring to you, or you'll get some of my most raw good stuff right now because I'm feeling. Super, super nice. <laughs> okay, so hot yoga. No you got you to explain. I've never done yoga before. I'm not uh-huh. flexible like that. I've seen uh-huh. your Instagram <laughs> pictures, and a lot of them are you in positions that I think I wouldn't be able to do in a million years, and I think Ooh. they are positions that I didn't even know the body could bend that way. Oh. So please explain, how long have you been doing yoga? I, so I've been doing yoga mm, probably off and on for like two or three years, but I will say this, this year, um, February, like at the very end of February, um, so March is my birthday month. And I said at the end of February, I'm going to start 30 days of consistent everyday yoga, um, just to, I don't know, go into my, go into my 30th year with a bang, you know, cause yeah. it's tough being 30. So <laughs> <laughs> or 36 either way but either way yeah nobody's yeah, counting nobody's counting so yeah no so i was like i'm just gonna do 30 days but and to be honest i liked doing it in the comfort of my home and doing it by myself but so going to a place was really really challenging intimidating kind of scary to me but um i hated it at first i hated every second of it and it was you hated hard. the fact that you were doing it in front of people or with other people as opposed mm. to doing it at home or you just hated yoga no. in general no, I hated having to sit with my anxiety and my stress and sitting in yoga and doing these poses and holding these poses um, and literally having to sit with feelings. It's it's one of the hardest things for me, and that's why yoga is so beneficial for me, is that I'm the type of person that I just, if I have something going on in my head or if I have something going on emotionally – I just go, 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 go and traveling and working. And I throw myself into everything, but sitting still with (laughs) the pain or with the stress. And so it was really, really challenging for me, but check me out a few months later. And I just love it so much. Like I'm obsessed with it. Is hot yoga, is it just where they just turn up the heat in the yoga studio or is what's like, the difference between I just know the name like Bikram mm-hmm. yoga or hot yoga. What is the difference between something like that? So, for me, I don't go to like Bikram or I don't do the hot hot yoga. I think the yoga I go to is like eighty 
85, 86 degrees or something like that. And it's, so it's kind of like an average temperature, but don't get me wrong. Like we go in there and you're already sweating just by sitting on your mat. So it's hot, but it just relaxes your muscles that much more. And the more you're taking these deep breaths and breathing through it, you just, it's kind of like something spiritual. And I, I, I'm the first to laugh about that before I did yoga, but now it, it changed my entire, I don't know how to put this. Like it calmed my spirit and my soul down in all the hamster wheel in my head. It calmed it down <laughs> to like a minimum now, which is highly beneficial do you <laughs> for think, me and for other people around me. Do you think if you didn't do it or you stopped doing it, you would mm-hmm. get to a point where all those stresses and all those worries that you may have would start taking over? Absolutely. There's been times where I um, have stopped it for even for like a week and I go, or I'll go to like one class a week and kind of slack off. And I can absolutely tell. Tonight was actually one of those nights I went in and I hadn't gone in a whole week. And I went tonight and I just, I felt my, my mind wandering and I felt just, I was so distracted and I kept having to bring myself back to the breath, they say. And it was challenging again for me. But when you're in it and you're doing it consistently, it is a game changer, Steve. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. You have to do it. I can't. I just. I, oh, don't give me, don't give me the same. Yes, every other guy does. So they're like, I'm not flexible. That's why you. Go. That's why you go to get flexible. I get that yes. part. My problem is that I kind of am in the same boat with you. I don't want to uh-huh. sit there with. Yeah. I I would rather sweat in motion as opposed to uh-huh. sweating being still. Yeah. That's what, when I go to the gym, I, there's like flow. There's so many different ones where you're constant. Like I, tonight I did two classes back to back. I did a flow, which you are constantly moving and holding poses. And then I did yin yoga, which is more of like a really, really relaxing. Like, I think I fell asleep tonight in it, but I'm pretty sure I did, but <laughs> you're stretching and you're holding stretches for like minutes and minutes at a time. See, I know, I know. I don't want to do that. Like that, I know, that doesn't I know appeal to me. That, I, but... I'd rather, I'd rather sweat running uh or on the elliptical or whatever the case may be it's mm-hmm. just i don't like because i i mean i've had a point where i did start doing not not necessarily uh-huh. yoga but i was doing more stretching i was concentrating on stretching more because my hamstrings are yeah. have always been so tight and uh-huh. i would get to a point where i'm stretching my hamstring and after 5 or 10 seconds you get that shake i just yeah. and then and then I start sweating and it's running down my face and you can't break the, and you can't break the pose. I just can't do yeah. that. I, that <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's exactly what it's for though. It's literally a mind screw to like yeah. sit there and to have to hold this pose when all you want to do is itch and shake and your mind is for sure going to try to convince you, oh, you got it. And my mind and would win every time. That's why I would stop. I would just, I'd be yeah, like, I got to wipe the sweat out of my face. I'm sorry. I'm not holding this pose. Yeah, any but it just, it does something <laughs> when you overcome it and don't listen to what your mind wants to tell you and you just do what feels good to your body. There's something having that control over your mind that is so Oh, it feels so good, and it's it's so good for you. I mean, try it. I'm just saying. Yeah, try. You it. love your yoga. Chance. We hear you. Do. <laughs> we're going to talk about we Rachel. Talk about yoga for like 20 minutes. Yeah, we literally we're eight minutes in, and we've talked about yoga. So don't get me started. I could go on for another two hours. <laughs> yeah, don't get me uh, sure, sure sounds like it. I do <laughs> want to talk about the Bachelorette from Monday yes. night. Yes. It was our first episode of Rachel's season, obviously. Mm-hmm. What was your take on the first night in terms of, I don't want to say who stood out to you in particular, but we will talk about guys that maybe stood out to you. Overall, just the vibe of the first night, you've been through it. Um, I think you've gotten, you know, you had a gimmick out of your limo entrance. We talked about it on the last podcast with the fake... Mm-hmm baby bump. What do you think of some of the guys entrances or entrances overall? Are you a fan? I mean, can you sit here as someone who did do a gimmick out of the limo and say, I'm not a fan of the gimmicks or what? Um, I would say I'm indifferent to gimmick or not gimmick. It depends on what, what it is, I, I guess. No, it's not even, it depends on what it is. It's how you come out with it. If you do it something as a joke or something that's funny or something that kind of expresses who you are, 
kind of thing, whether it's coming in with a marching band. Like I thought that was really cool of him and very confident of him because it's something that he's good at. It's something that kind of let a part of him shine and made it memorable. But that um, was also the douche lord that was talking about his penis all the time in his intro video. That's the oh, problem. I forgot that. Yeah. Oh, God. I yeah. forgot <laughs> so, that. Ew. So I just killed your lady boner on Blake. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Let me just revoke all that yeah. I just said. Well, I guess a confident guy. But the actual, yeah. but the actual act of coming in Ooh. with a band, because he does yeah. play the drums, Yeah. that in and of itself... Like maybe if another guy did it, it wouldn't have been as bad to. But knowing it's the guy that has an intro video where all he's talking about is his <laughs> libido and how all and all women talk about his talk penis. About it, yeah, only not the greatest, but yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Juan Pablo <laughs> probably know. talked about his penis a lot, didn't he? No, oh, maybe not. <laughs> Give me a break. Okay. Give me a break. So but here's the here's the, in I mean in opposite of the guy in the band. Sorry, I don't know the names and I'm not good with names, but yeah. the guy in the penguin suit. Um, that would me, be Matt. Okay, for me, that was so like, what was that? And and I get that you kind of want something and you want to do something different, and maybe part of it is provoked by produ- production, but. I think he was hiding behind the penguin suit and I think he just looked meek and very like me and maybe not so confident with it. And I think if he was going to come out with a gimmick that expressed his personality or that was memorable for who, what kind of a person he is or what he's got going on, maybe it would have been cool to me, but to be or like, I don't know. It just was very, me. yeah. Compare, compare penguin suit to shark girl yeah. last year, last mm-hmm. season with, with Nick. And oh, she rocked it, though. See, I yeah. think she rocked it. She was a hell of a lot more confident than it seemed yeah, like he absolutely. was. She owned it. It was just like a plastic, like, blow-up penguin suit. I didn't really get the whole thing. I know he told her, hey, I heard you like penguins, but yeah. it just, it did fall flat. I agree there. It fell it fell very flat, in, in, at least in my opinion. And it's not, like, if you showed me a picture of him right now, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup because he was. Yeah, we never saw his face. We never saw his face, and he was really kind of hiding behind it, and it wasn't like a grand entrance. I don't know. So there's pros and cons of coming out with a shtick. Like there's the right and the wrong ways to do it. You can own it. I mean, I feel like I owned the baby bump. Am I right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You. I mean, you had your baby bump, but you kind (laughs) of sold it for a little bit, even though. I tried. <laughs> even though Juan Pablo, of all people, like even caught onto it, like, wait a second, uh, this isn't possible. But, <laughs> uh, but obviously it worked. I mean, you didn't. I guess didn't hurt yeah. you at all. Are there any yeah. inter- are the are there any limo entrances that you did like? Um, you know, give me the guy that was the first out of the limo. Peter. Peter. Peter okay. Yeah. He- he didn't use a gimmick and he wasn't anything. I mean, other than being the first out of the limo, it was like, okay, but I really, I liked his confidence. It seemed kind of like a humble confidence and that is goal. You know, that's kind of what is really attractive in a guy. And you can tell, at least I can tell the difference between a guy that's cocky and overly confident, which is, I mean, kind of to me means the opposite of confident, but, or a guy that just is humble and confident. And he just, to me, he came out and just said, you know, this is me. What's up? I'll see you inside, you know? And I liked that. I liked that. That to me was memorable. I think one of the things that, at least one of the guys that was very, you know, quiet, humble, mm-hmm. pretty much stayed in his own lane was mm-hmm. Waboom. No, I'm kidding. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So... What is your thoughts on Waboom? I think, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong on this. I feel like it's getting more and more and more obvious as the seasons go on that there are people there that really just want to be noticed because they know there's not a chance in hell that they're going to get picked. Yeah. That they just want to come out. I mean, if he's selling those t-shirts, I'm not going to buy one because <laughs> cheesy like it was so cheesy it was very cheesy come on it was very cheesy and he does have an imdb page he has been in 
He's been on game shows. He was on a dating show on the Wii channel last year. Yeah. So it's, it is what it is with him. Like when I, I can step back and look at him and realize I know exactly why this man was cast. Like it's no Mm -hmm. secret why he was cast. He's there for entertainment. He's, he was, Waboom was trending on Monday night on Twitter Oh, if I hear that one more time, even though, like, it's so... You mean you don't want to hear... It's not even funny. Stop it. (laughs) Boom! It's not even... Did your voice be any more high-pitched on that? I know. What happened there? (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah, bring your your balls back down. Yeah, I'm kidding. What the hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's not even cute. Like, it wasn't... It was... It's annoying. More, does somebody, did his mom or somebody be like, you sound so adorable when you do that? And he just ran with it? I or what think, is that? I just think the guy knows what he's on the show for and yeah. played, up a, that, played up a silly character and knew that, he, like you said, knew he wasn't ever going to get picked and he was just yeah. there to, to be entertaining. And you look at his online persona i mean he's done mm. the waboom thing before on the game show that he was on a couple mm. years ago and he didn't do it on the dating show last year but he's just a, he's a character he's a television character yeah. he's been passed around a few shows and he yeah. ended up on this show and he's waboom and the y'all I mean, the whatever. funniest part of waboom was the guys sitting around saying all right <laughs> which one of you is the crazy one and then Waboom comes in and he does his shtick and everyone's like, okay, yep, that's the crazy one. We got him. We, we, it's yeah. Because they're almost acknowledging the elephant in the room now, whereas opposed to in the yeah. past, you maybe acknowledge the drunk one, but they're, they're already yeah. getting out in front of it like, okay, this is the, this is the weird one. This is the one we're going to have to put up with this season. You know what I'm thinking about right now, though, is that it's kind of occurring to me that when the guys are sitting there going, you know, who's the crazy one? Who's the crazy one? I honestly feel like the crazy ones are the stealth ones. You know what I'm saying? The ones that are sitting there like, what is it, Iggy or Izzy? What was his name? Iggy. See, Iggy to me is the crazy one, which is kind of like stealth where at least the crazy one owns the crazy. Iggy's sitting there, and I'm not hating on Iggy because I don't even know the guy, but I feel the ones that sit there and are just plotty and schemy and hating and kind of just not even focusing on Rachel, who's the highlight of the night and just... The shining star of the night, who the whole show is about, yeah. he's focusing on every single other guy and worried about what every single other person's doing. That to me is crazy. I can see that. You know? I mean, I Iggy was very, Iggy was very wordy and was very, yeah. for a guy who really doesn't play a major role this season. You know, he yeah. had he had he had quite a few things to say. Yeah. And in looking at the cocktail party in general. You've obviously been through a cocktail party. Can you explain how the cocktail party goes for those that don't know? We all know it goes into the wee hours of the morning, mm-hmm. especially yeah. this one. I think Rachel said in her in her blog that she writes for people every week, this one went till seven or eight in the morning and you saw well, when you could, yeah. the guys it, left it in the morning. Out. It was and it wasn't like dawn light, it was like mm-hmm. bright light. Like it was definitely <laughs> it seven was or like eight in the morning. Full on noon shadow. Yeah. Sure. It was it was not five in the morning where the sun is mm-hmm. starting to rise. It was exactly. seven or eight. When Rachel even said it was. But you explain the cocktail party, how it works for those that don't know. You obviously you're meeting a bunch of strangers. You're mm-hmm. also during the course of the night being dragged into other rooms or outside to shoot your, you know, ITMs, Interviews. confessionals yeah. and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Not knowing any of the other girls that were there, you're just meeting all these girls the first night. You, in particular, are someone that doesn't drink. So you're seeing other people drink around you. You're seeing other people do some maybe outlandish things. Yeah, you had a baby bump, but once you got past that and you got in the cocktail party, did they ever show your time with Juan Pablo once everyone was inside? I don't remember. I think they did. I think they did. I can't what remember was it? because it was so long ago. Um or what'd you I say? <laughs> okay. I don't remember. I here's what I do remember. I remember for me, it was very, very like I saw a lot of the girls struggling going, Oh, I want to go talk to him. I want to go talk. I need my moment. You know how they're going, Oh, I want to interrupt. I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah. For me, I got my moment. 
I was, I remember just sitting there in the beginning of the night, right? When the cocktail party started. And I just remember, I think it was before everybody knew to kind of go and interrupt and start stressing out. I got it really early where I was just like, I'm just going to go talk to him. And they, sometimes production will stop you and go give him a minute or let him do their thing or don't go now. But for me, they're just like, okay, go ahead. And so I think I lucked out on that portion of it to get a chance to go talk to him. I can't Uh, remember this, but did you take, once you did your limo entrance, were you done with the baby bump at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I told you the story about what happened last time, right? Didn't uh, I tell you the story? I, ha- what happened was my dress was too big. Yeah. Your dress was too and, big. Yeah. yeah. I remember that so part. when I got in, I had actually the second dress that fit just right. And so I went and changed into that dress and I was like, to the producers, I was like, you guys, I got to show them that I'm not this like big old watermelon belly girl. Like I actually have some abs <laughs> under there <laughs> or semi abs. <laughs> from all your yoga, from all your hot uh, yoga. <laughs> I wasn't doing yoga at the oh, time. Right. I know. That's right. This yeah, was three but, years ago. I forgot. Exactly. Three years ago. But I I know. So long ago, right? But um, yeah, I just was like, I want to show him that I don't have a baby bump, but I swear I'm, it's a joke. So I was able to go talk to him. But a lot of the people, it is production's decision whether or not people go and interrupt. And they'll say, yeah. okay, go talk to him now. Or, okay, wait, wait, don't go interrupt him now. If they can tell she's having a good time or if it's something relevant and important and good convo, they won't interrupt it. They won't let somebody interrupt it. And you were probably just vibing with Nikki, you know, getting close to your BFF in the house, right? That's what was happening. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. (laughs) Um, I just, it was, it was kind of, I mean, like you said, it was a really long night. And so you end up sitting, I mean, I was, I think I was in the kitchen half the night eating and snacking. So you kind of have to stay alive and stay awake, but you end up going off in these little groups and talking to other girls and, I don't know. It's a really, really, really long night and it's freezing in the middle of the night in the mountains. So, or wherever the house is. So who do you remember talking to the most at the cocktail party? Yeah. At the cocktail party. Do you remember who you, um, became at least closest to for that particular night? I, it kind of is all a blur to me, but I don't remember just, migrating towards anybody in particular i think you just kind of wander around and half the time you're going am i doing this right what should should i be doing or and then you're pulled away for your interviews and it's just it's a lot of moving you're not just sitting there waiting there's a lot of moving and interviews and another interview and sitting talking to somebody and another interview and moving rooms and then then the rose comes out you're wondering who's gonna get the rose so there's a lot going on, but it just drags on all night. Ooh. So I can understand how the people who start drinking, I'm assuming out of boredom half the time. Um, and being forced to by producers and being mm-hmm. to- not for, I mean, they can't force you to drink, but they can yeah. continuously fill your cup up and fill your glass oh, up. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's There's your no choice to put that cup that's in your hand to your mouth. So uh-huh. yeah. Uh, you know, looking at it and looking at the first night, looking at the whole cocktail party and how everything works. Uh-huh. You know, you had Juan Pablo and Rachel is, I don't want to say, I mean, Juan Pablo was really the first, I guess, minority, if you want to call it that, because he wasn't a white guy. You know, he was a Latin guy and it was the first time they'd ever cast a Latin guy. But Rachel obviously is taking is the main story uh, for the first time in 34 seasons. We have our first Mm -hmm. African-American lead. What did you think of her the first night, whether it was how she looked, how she handled herself, her humor, how she interacted with the guys? What was your overall take on Rachel as the Bachelorette through one night? I think for me, I really, 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 I applaud her. She, to me, I feel like none of it was a race thing. And it wasn't made a big deal. And for me, what, what really shined was her, just her personality. She's so articulate. She's so expressive. She has some really good creative comebacks and is really engaging in the conversations. And I just thought she was really, really, really good at it. I I was, as I was watching it half the time, I'm going, I would, if it was me up there, I would literally be like, yeah, you're done. No, thanks. And I would get, I would get so bored or want to just get up and be like, I can't handle 
I can't handle this right now. Or the tickle monster. If he even tried to have me close my eyes and touch <laughs> me without me asking, gone. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. she was very engaging and polite. Like she wasn't, it didn't look like anything really got on her nerves or other than the guy, other than the guy that was like went to school with her or whatever. Oh, Fred. I think she was, <laughs> she was annoyed by that. Yeah. And here's another thing I really, really, really like about Rachel. She doesn't really use a filter when she talks about things. And even if it comes off as like a sexual innuendo or things like that, she doesn't really have a, a like she's not trying to be PC with things. Like I, I can really appreciate that about her. I agree. I thought she was really good. And I thought mm-hmm. the first episode was funny. There were mm-hmm. some really good one-liners by some of the guys, mostly by Josiah, who had oh. some great – he had the see you later so litigator. Um, so good. <laughs> he had uh, – one of my funny uh, – one of the funniest lines was when the Mo guy was really drunk and Josiah is there and Mo's like <laughs> – trying to step to Rachel to talk to her and Josiah's cheering him on like come on go get that go get that and then Mo would take a step and somebody else would step in and Mo would turn right back around the favorite, my favorite part and then he took his drink like, oh that was my drink and he's all okay you can, okay go, yeah. ahead, have a, go ahead that was a great line like it was just it. it was very smooth I thought he was good I just thought yeah. I, I just thought it was funnier it was a funnier episode than most first episodes and I usually don't you know I yeah. don't give a shit about this show in terms of for the first night, I'm just every season. It's like the same thing, and yeah. the structure of it is the same. It was intro video. You know, let's These let's intro Rachel. Funny, though they're so funny. Yeah, and there were a lot more funniness. There was a lot more funniness this season. That's what I really liked about it. It was focused more on like funniness versus in personality versus a drunk jump in the pool. You know. Yeah. I think, and that be the entertainment. The actual humor of these guys. Oh, I love it. These personalities, love it. Did you see the Evan and Carly tweets from Monday night? Did you pick up on that? Did you see what happened? Um, all I kind of got a vague version. I'm not really on Twitter a lot, but I got a vague version. I kind of saw some things Carly was tweeting. Um, I guess one of the guys, is it the Waboom guy, was messaging her or trying yeah. to slide into the DM? No, he didn't try. He did, and he was hitting on her. What? And and oh. Evan, Evan was the first one who came out with it. Evan came out with it Monday morning saying uh-huh. – Essentially, this is going to be really interesting watching tonight's episode because one of these yeah. guys slid into Carly's DM has been hitting on her, essentially is what yeah. he said. But then everyone was asking, well, who who is it going to be? And then later uh-huh. on that night, Carly was going back and forth with somebody and uh-huh. said, what did she say? She she outed it was Lucas. So she outed that it was Waboom guy. And it's just so funny because Shocker. we know some of these guys are – going to be on paradise which starts filming yeah. next week and you know the whole sliding into people's dms and uh, some ugh. of these guys getting into the already starting in on some of the girls mm-hmm. and i'm gonna have a lot more paradise information for everybody next week but for you i mean as a contestant on this show uh you've mm-hmm. you went on paradise twice just as a girl i'm yeah. sure you've gotten guys franchise or not that have slid into your dms right i mean you've got i sure have yeah guys from the franchise and guys that want to be a part of the franchise guys that are (laughs) semi-related to the franchise seem to slide into the dms are we their way in sweet so (laughs) want to be on the franchise and semi associated with the franchise (laughs) do you want to name names or no oof i could so name names but yeah, you don't, you don't have to if you don't guys, want to. Yeah, I'd rather not say names, but that's that is I will say it almost kind of worked on me one time. And I don't know. I I feel like that's these guys way in and they're so fascinated by the bachelor and this franchise that even when even whether you're on it or whether you want to be on it and whether you're I don't know. I just it's so funny to me because it's so obvious what motives are, you know? I don't know. Well, I've told the story in the past of... It's very sleazy. Girls <laughs> from the franchise that, you know, I was acquaintances with and would be, mm. whether it was a text, texting relationship between them or we we talked on occasion, but, you know, sharing stories with me and telling me that so-and-so contacted her... Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. one other girl from the franchise that I'm talking to as well said the yeah. same exact guy contacted her. So I ask, and neither of those two girls know that I'm talking to the other. So I have to be this middle person of, okay, what do I say? Because I know that this girl who just told me so-and-so slid into her DM, and sometimes I've even seen a screenshot of that DM. I'm sure you do. And then I see the exact same DM sent to another girl. And it's like, Steve, at what point- we see that we are friends in the group. And if I'm not direct friends with somebody, I'm friends with somebody who's friends with that person. Yeah. So any guy that tries to slide in the DMS, it gets passed around through everybody. And it's kind of like a, embarrassing. a really good laugh. about. It. Yeah. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you get a good laugh. And then this, these guys who maybe would have had any sort of credibility completely lose credibility. If it, since it's not sincere, it's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. Well, I think what's interesting is that I don't know how many guys, yeah, I, I, I think not for particular guys or in this season, it could be any guy that says, I don't know who, what guys from this franchise are currently listening to this conversation, but guys, let me help you out here. Let, let reality, Steve and Claire help you out here. (laughs) Casting a wide net and just sending the same DM to five girls, 10 girls in hopes that one takes the bait is you got to understand like these girls all talk to each other. Like they're going to find out that you went after them right after you went after another girl or right before you went after another girl. Like they're going to find out guys on a scale of one to 10 on cheesiness and patheticness. It's probably a 20. I'm not, I'm just (laughs) saying it. It is so pathetic. It's so pathetic. If I could see a guy doing it out of sincerity or if they really want to get to know somebody, I get it. I get it. But to do it to every, even more than one girl, it's so obvious. And the motives behind it are just embarrassing for them. I want to ask you this. Mm -hmm. Outside of Juan Pablo, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. count because you were on his show and you were forced to basically like him. Mm Mm-hmm. Are there other guys from this franchise that you have either ever dated or I'm just talking about strict guys from this franchise. Did anything ever occur with you and another guy outside of this franchise? Um, I've t- Wait, like I'm talking, I'm talking like, franchise? I'm talking like, I'm sure you've met, you've obviously met a lot of the guys yeah. from the franchise, but have you ever dated anybody from the franchise? You don't have to out names if you do. Great. If not, it's fine. <laughs> But have you ever dated seriously anybody from the franchise? Not count, not including um, Juan Pablo. I think it's a little obvious by my social media, and I think you can attest to this. I really don't put my dating life at all on my social media. And so with that said, I do like to keep it all private. Um, the answer is yes. Um, like I said, with people either in the franchise or that want to be part of the franchise, yeah. um, or in some way related to the franchise somehow. Yeah, I have. And, um, and it just obviously you're single, so it didn't go well, didn't work out for you. You're assuming I'm single because I don't put any. Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. I will say it becomes, if it's not obvious at first, it becomes very clear what motives are. Um, okay. And if it's something that has to do with a franchise, it, it's it just becomes very clear and it's not sincere in any way. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think the struggle that I kind of deal with sometimes is that they see Claire from the bachelor and then they, there's Claire in everyday real life. And I think people have a different impression. I mean, in, in real life, in my regular life, I can be very, very, very introverted. And so, or not, not, I don't want to say not exciting, but just, I have a very like peaceful, calm life. And I think on the show, you see this, you know, sass of a girl that's just like, I'm not putting up with one problems. (laughs) You know, like it's, I don't know, for me, it's, it's more of, I have my private life and I actually really, really like my private life private. So for somebody whose motives are trying to get followers or to be kind of part of the crew and a part of the franchise, it's yeah. not what I want to be involved in. So, and anyway, we know from the last, drag on about that. and we know from the last podcast, you mm-hmm. would rather just stay home and watch golden girls. 
So I would. If there's not a guy that's <laughs> well, willing that's to do that with you, then if there's not a guy willing to do that with you, then screw him. If he doesn't want to watch Dorothy and Blanche and Rose and yeah. you know, I think yeah. And more okay. Here's the truth. More importantly, I think that when they see this person from the show versus in real life, like when they finally get to know me, I am. Here's the funny thing. I will tell you this is a recent thing for me. I've been told that I'm too sensitive and I'm too too much of a thinker and I'm too I worry too much and I'm just too much, too much, too much of whatever it is and I feel too much and feel too deeply and it's it has been in the past something that it's like I don't see why that's a negative thing. That's my point exactly. For a long time, it was like, oh, I want to be this strong girl that's tough and independent, doesn't care at all. But at the end of the day, even with Juan Pablo, I, you know, I told him off and I stood my ground. But at the end of the day, yeah, I'm too sensitive and I'm too emotional and I'm too much of a thinker. But like you say right now, it's not a bad thing for the right person. It takes a man to step up to actually be able to be on the same level as that, that can appreciate that. And it's not a bad thing. I think for all the girls out there and for all the people out there, they're been told you're too this, you're too that, you're too emotional. No, you're not too emotional for the right person that can handle it. And if somebody can't handle it, not my problem, not your problem, you know? Yeah. It sounds like the person who told you that is the one Mm -hmm. that had the issue. I mean, to, to, to tell somebody, a girl that I mean I don't know the extent of whatever that relationship was, but to tell somebody that oh you're you're too sensitive and it just seems to be a bit much. I mean it just seems to be that's coming from somebody who isn't sensitive at all. Like that's yeah, what. And I'll tell you what, Steve. At the end of the day, when it comes to love and when it comes to actually being in a relationship, you tell me. Do you want the person that is? sensitive, the person that is passionate, the person that feels, the person that thinks about your feelings, the person that cares too much. Do you want that person or do you want the opposite? The person that's indifferent, the person that doesn't care a lot about it, that will let you walk away and not say anything and be like, whatever. Like what, what's the alternative? I I think I'd rather take who I am and be too sensitive and be too whatever I am than the opposite any day, you know? Yeah, I think that ha- having the former is much more interesting than being Ooh. with somebody who, mm-hmm. you know, they're, everyone's different in terms of how they express things. But if you're with somebody that, if you are the person who you are, and I think by two podcasts, Ooh. people can tell that you're very, uh, you you are an emotional person and you are, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I for you, yeah. <laughs> and to, but for you to be with somebody, you would need to be, I don't see you with somebody who isn't doesn't have to be the exact same as you, but if they're the complete opposite and not very outgoing and not very sensitive to feelings and mm-hmm. cold, for example, would be a word I would use. Yeah. And they're just cold, standoffish, you know, kind of like a lot of these guys in the franchise that just yeah. are just like, eh, whatever. Very this. superficial and surface yeah. level. I can't, I can't do that. They need to be and a little, they need to have a little me. substance to be a little deep. Yes. Yes, have some depth. And and that's honestly what has, I mean, to go more or that just went into more of kind of what I gained from being on The Bachelor was that, yeah, I stood up for myself and yeah, I'm a strong woman. But on the same level, I'm the, what people didn't see was that all this other side of me that for so long I was like, I have to be this strong, tough person. But this is what I'm more proud of is that these characteristics that I have is that I am super sensitive and I care a lot. And I do get hurt a lot and being vulnerable leaves you open to that. And I would rather be vulnerable and be open to getting hurt or feeling too much and caring too much and thinking too much about something than, than to be shut off and cold and hardened by, even if it is on national television, to be hurt and just clammed up in a shell. Like I, I like feeling too much. You know, well, the most successful relationships that you have had in your past, mm-hmm. what do you think the biggest key to those being as successful as they were, were? <clears throat> Here's what I will say. My most successful relationships have been the biggest failure relationships. And I think that the key to that is how much growth I've gained from 
from the lessons that I learned from those things. I've learned what I really don't want. I've learned what I don't find attractive. I learned what I won't settle for. Um, and all the hurt that's kind of come from those relationships and the pain and the tears and the struggles from those, those are my best relationships because I truly in love and relationships, I wouldn't be who I am today without that. I wouldn't breathe. You have to have those lows to be able to know how good the highs feel. And not to sound cheesy on it, but I just, I appreciate the worst relationships and the ones where it was the struggle, like the Juan Pablo relationship on national television that hurt me to my core to be treated like that and talked like that and to be embarrassed like that. But that's where I had so much growth. So the crappy ones are the best ones to me. Um, I don't know. And I, I mean, have you, have you, (laughs) have you ever been close to being engaged? Have you ever been? Okay. (laughs) I've never been engaged, but I've been two seconds from it. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking. We're obviously not talking about Juan Pablo here, but Correct. I don't know. Yeah. But we're talking pre pre show. Was that even close? Was any was Nikki even close to being engaged? That doesn't. Yeah, count. when you think about it, I mean, I think yeah. it's I think it's either seventeen <laughs> of the last eighteen or eighteen of the last nineteen yeah. seasons have ended in an engagement. His was the only one that hasn't, and it's just kind of funny. Disguise, yeah, and it, how he got away. The thing is, I don't know how because in the beginning of the show, you were kind of allowed to do it. There, it happened way more in the beginning where guys would just choose her at the end, but not propose. And one guy gave a yeah. one way plane ticket one time. Um, Stop. Yeah. How embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. That was his, that was his, what he gave her at the final roster. And was like, I want you a one way plane ticket to her. You're going to come live with me or whatever. I don't I know. Like, it was so dumb. Thanks. I'll take the diamond. Yeah. <laughs> so she didn't get proposed, but now it's, I'll it, buy my own ticket. it's like 17 out of 18. Uh, every season we know now ends in an engagement. Yeah. However, Juan Pablo, for some reason, was able to not, I don't know why they let him do that. Um, not that he needed to, if he proposed to her, if he would have proposed to Nikki in St. Lucia, would they be married uh-huh. now? No. But I think I don't know why he got away. Do why did he get away with it? Why him of all people? You know, I will tell you exactly why he got away with it. He got away with it, in my opinion, because production, every single person involved with that show, short of a few people. Um, all the people on the inside knew that he was so not serious, that he had no intention of doing anything, even remotely involved in love and rings and engagement and forever. They knew it was a joke. They, nobody liked him. And so they're like, yeah, it's probably a better thing that he doesn't get engaged. I'm assuming that's my opinion. Yeah. And I'm assuming, I mean, you found all this stuff out after the fact, because when you were in it, you were kind of you know you were all about it because you didn't I was know oblivious to it. I was yeah oblivious you had no idea how he was and i think that there's a part of juan pablo that probably wishes and i'm not even talking about the comments that he made when mm. he made the the gay comments or whatever the case mm. may be yeah i think there's a part of juan pablo that probably realizes he never should have been on the show yeah. and, I, and i know there's a part of abc's people that are like yep we you know totally blew it with that one like just a wrong choice for bachelor on one that's life though that's life and how would you ever know that it's going to end up like that how what if he yeah. got scared or what if he got cold feet which a lot of guys do it they get scared and the first thing you want to do when you get scared is bolt and freak out and shut down and clam up that's the that's the easy way out you know that's the easy thing to do and a lot of men do that so that's normal i think he was an average guy and i can't speak for him but it was just one of those lessons, and maybe this is his lesson. We don't know what he thinks now. What if he is embarrassed? What if he was like, how embarrassing? You know, like, what did I do? Or you go on couples therapy when the know. show ends. <laughs> you, you, do, you do that when you Probably realize, oh, it. crap, I'm in an engagement yet, or I'm in a yeah. relationship, and we can make some more money off of this. Hey, Nikki, how about we go on uh, couples therapy and talk to Dr. Jen? But so you never know what people's motives are. It could be financial. It could be social gain. It could be... I don't know. Followers. I mean, who knows what people's, what goes through people's mind. IG followers. Uh, IG followers. Notoriety. Yeah. There's <laughs> so many. Feeds. It's very tough. And I, as a female on this show, and knowing what this show has kind of turned into now, uh-huh. it does, it's got to be frustrating because if it's, if you're approached by any guy in this franchise, you immediately have to question motives. How can you not? After seeing everything that's happened in this franchise. Yeah. 
How can you not question motives? Yeah. And there was a huge part of me for a minute that was like the guys that slide into the DM. It was like, I would get angry about it. I'd be like, God, you're so transparent. You're so, it's so obvious what you're doing when me and the other girls would talk or I'd hear through the grapevine from other girls that he's doing the same to them. And I, I would start to get bitter, but I, I, it took me a moment to realize. And even with Juan Pablo on a certain level, at some point, I'm not going to own their BS. I'm not going to own their issues because they've all been through whatever they've been through and they kind of get that out, how they get it out and handle it however they do. But I've just learned to, I guess, have sympathy for them in a way and have empathy for them because I think on all levels, and maybe this is just out of left field, but on all levels, people do the best that they can with what they know, how they know how. And if that's their level of functioning, and they think that it's cool and that it's okay to do that. You kind of just got to sympathize and go, oh, it sucks, but that's the level you're functioning at right now. Can you really be mad at that? Very well I'm said. Gonna own, no. I'm not going to own somebody's BS games or I'm not going to own somebody why they do what they do. It's not for me to figure out or be hurt by it because it's it's the same old saying. Like I'm, I'm not going to whatever the saying is i'm not gonna choke myself on their poison it's not i'm not gonna what what is that saying anyway (laughs) that was close right wasn't that it what is it i don't you know what i meant well it's very no it was very well said a very very thoughtful very well said and i appreciate you again coming on tonight um and agreeing to do this when it was somewhat late notice I plan on bringing you back later on in Rachel's season, and we probably will have you on again at some point. But uh, to I know do you this, have to stop me, though. I feel like I talk way too much, and I can go on and on. No, but I think that's the thing. People want to hear from you. They don't want. I mean, I understand that people have really taken to these podcasts, and the reaction that I've gotten has been. I remember getting one today. Let me see if I still have that email. I'll just read you an email. I remember I got this today. Yeah. I think it's going to be in. You get to see it like Steve, you let, this is why I wanted to do it. Even the second time when you asked me to come on the second time, like you let us be us. It's not all about gossip and getting the inside scoop on everything. It's more yeah. of like, this is who I am and more of just who we are as real people versus in our opinions versus some premeditated interview that's just you get one second to answer it like people you give you let us have a voice so i appreciate talking to you i appreciate you coming to me asking me to talk like it means a lot to me well thank well thank you and i that's been my biggest thing with with the i can't find the email sorry but somebody basically laid it out there for me of what what they're enjoying most about the podcast is and some of them Mm. have said like look i wanted i definitely wanted to hear from the claire's and the courtney's but there are people that I didn't think I wanted to hear from, but once you had them yeah. on, they actually had a good story. And I think they named uh, Natalie Getz and they named a couple other ones that they were like, I didn't think I would want to listen or cared to listen. Yeah. But when I did, I learned something from it. And that's really the biggest thing that I want to get out is because the only image that everybody that's listening has of you guys is on an mm-hmm. edited television show exactly, and whatever yeah. you put on social media, which sometimes uh-huh. is even in the real thing. But I yeah. think- a unedited interview because I don't touch these interviews. We hit record and then we stop recording and it just, I put it out there. I don't edit anything outside of if I have to, you know, edit in an ad that I'm doing. But for the most part, it's just, I want to talk to these people and show a side that a lot of people don't get to see and don't Mm -hmm. get to hear because some people don't follow on social media. So, oh yeah, that Claire girl that Oh, she got her heart broken by Juan Pablo. What really happened with that? And then just to, yeah. the first podcast that you did was great. And we got a lot of good response on it because you were very candid about <laughs> things that happened and how you felt. And you just, yeah. you've done interviews since then, but you've never done an hour and a half unedited with anybody. And most and of these people haven't done that. And that's the thing that I want to bring. Yeah. And I can, I can honestly tell you, Steve, like doing the interview last time with you was probably one of my favorite interviews because it's not just, like you said, we just kind of talk and it's not one of those things where you have three seconds to answer something and you kind of feel like you have to give this response that's a quick two second, how do I, you know, edit this down into two seconds of how to explain yeah. this. It's more of like- In a quick soundbite, like I got to give a soundbite yeah. answer. You could just go on. And then on. they take kind of a weird part of the interview and you're like, they didn't even take the point that was important. 
Yeah. So with this, like, it means a lot to me to be able to just talk and to get it out and to know opinions and to kind of know your opinions too, because I don't know, it just, it's a fun interview to have it with you. It's more of just like chatting it up. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, that's, it's the only thing I've really wanted to accomplish with these and we're going to continue them as, as long as we can. And, you know, there will be repeat guests. I mean, we're going to have, we'll have you on again at, at some point and just talk about something different. Like, you know, the first time we had you on, we had to go over, like I've done with every podcast guest that has been on one time, is let's go over your backstory of what you did on the show, how you did everything, your your thoughts, your feelings, and all that. Tell us what you're up to now. We do the Rapid 10. I mean, they're pretty standard. You know what you're getting when you come on the show with me, but you're also mm-hmm. getting a forum that you're just not getting anywhere else. You're not getting, yeah. you're not forced to give soundbite answers. You're not on television that they're going to edit it down. You're not doing a radio yeah. interview where it's still going to get edited down or it's a 10 minute segment. It's here's what everything I want to ask you, because these are the things that I think the audience wants to know and just go. Like, I don't care if people get five minute answers. That's, that's what I want. I don't want to hear my but voice. Do you really think people want us here? Like, what golden girl are you, Clark? Nobody wants to know what golden girl I am. How hey, How that got you? that got some reaction after the first <laughs> podcast. They were interested in your. You caught me off guard. I know. I know. Can we talk about something. I've been wanting. I wanted to talk to you about this since the since the last time I talked to you. Is it about Dexter? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm like, Caught me off guard. I couldn't think off the cuff on who I'm in love with in Hollywood. Yeah. Or it like it's like a celebrity. And you said Dexter. I, you said Michael C. Hall. I, I clammed up. I, cl- I totally clammed up and I said Dexter. Please. Okay. I do love Dexter. But, I mean, there's some guys out there that, I, like, I'll be watching a movie or something. And I'm like, I literally think about you, Steve. I'm like, I should have said that to Steve. That's, hello. That oh, I thought you said you were thinking about me. And I thought I was that guy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're like, yeah. you're like, oh, oh I was thinking about, really I was thinking about you, Steve. I, all I heard was I'm thinking about you, Steve. And I was like, oh, cool. Hey, of course I'm, you did. Yeah. Of course you did. Um, no, no so who? About, like, Name one. Who, who would my crush be in Hollywood or who do I like? And I'm like, of course I say Dexter. Like what a geek. What a geek am I to say? I didn't even say his real name. I said Dexter. I know. You said, you said his, you said his TV character name. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> like he's a real, like Dexter's a real, like I want to be dating a murderer. Like, yeah. <laughs> So what? So so name one. Name one or name one. Name a couple. Who? Okay. So if I can pick anybody, I would say. I mean, I guess celebrity. I guess is to use the term lightly, but I am in love. Oh gosh. <laughs> with <laughs> not to be dramatic, but JJ Watt. Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> I'm okay. So no, I mean I get that. There's plenty of there's plenty of women that are in love with JJ Watt. Yeah, I get it. Reference. Okay, that's the athlete one. Okay. Um, who is it? Great! I'm clamming up again. I thought about it when I was watching the movie. I'm like, I gotta tell Steve if he ever asks me again, or if I ever get to like talk about it, I gotta say this guy, the guy with um, what's his name, Charlie? Um. Uh, oh, Charlie Hunnam from. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, he was oh, he was supposed to oh, my gosh. Do you know that he was originally cast? He was supposed to be Christian Gray. He was supposed to be and they started shooting the movie with Charlie Hunnam as Fifty Shades what guy. Happened? What he, happened? He he said I think his re- I could be wrong on this. I and I'm sure someone will correct me. Yeah, I just remember this because because when he was named Yeah. Because when he was named, I didn't know who he was. I'd never heard of the guy because I didn't watch Sons of Anarchy. So Oh. Yeah. But so I had to look him up. I'm like, who is this guy? Oh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, I don't watch it. But I know a lot of women were pro him. But then oh, yeah. I think it was like they were a week or two weeks into filming, or at least pre production, whatever the case may be. And then mm-hmm. he backed out of it. I think his reasoning was his schedule or something. But for all we know, it could have been it just they decided it was a bad fit or whatever the case may be. But yeah, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be Christian Gray. Yeah. It's like. He's so dreamy. The only reason I didn't even watch Sons of Anarchy, but for me, he's so dreamy. He, the only reason I know of him is because I used, there was one point where I was clowning blonde haired guys with beards. I just, it's so puby and just not cute to me. And so I was talking about either, I don't even know if it was like a friend or one of my sisters or something, but I'm like, name a guy that's blonde with a beard that's actually sexy. And his name popped up, and I'm like, yeah, I doubt it. And I had to Google him. Oh, okay. And I looked him up, and I was like, huh, yeah. 
for sure. I take my words back and I eat everything I said. There is a guy <laughs> with a blonde beard that is sexy. <laughs> Claire and Charlie sitting hey, in a tree. Can you just tag him? Can you sure. just tag him in it? Just everybody tag him and tag my <laughs> name. <laughs> Make that happen. No, I think – how embarrassing. What if he's totally married? I'm just – that's embarrassing. Between, I don't even know about him. Between those three guys, if you had mm-hmm. to – now I'm not, now I'm making oh, you great. narrow it down to one. Dexter, J.J. Watt, Charlie Hunnam. Go. Okay, but but are we uh, taking it – I mean because J.J. Watt, I believe, has a girlfriend now. Not like I stopped no, him. I, no, eliminate that. Media, eliminate all that okay. stuff. Nobody cares okay. about girlfriend. It's – if you had one night with one of them, who would who would you want the most? Uh, J.J. Watt. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. I just—he is so big. He's—he's he's a big dude. <laughs> he's a big dude, and would just make me feel like little Polly Pocket. Not like I'm a big girl, anyway. I'm not very big. Did but... you call yourself Polly Pocket? What is that? Yeah. But... JJ Watt is, is that another so name for a spinner? Pocket. What? What's a spinner? <laughs> oh my god! No! <laughs> <laughs> he's Po- but Polly Pocket makes his uh, yeah I guess because he's like six six two eighty or whatever he is two sixty yeah, I would just feel like a miniature I don't know I just think it's so funny I just heard the funniest meme the other day it was like <laughs> couple of them a couple height jokes on men where because I usually I've always dated really my past boyfriends are like six four six five there's a six seven one but I just like I love big guys and oh, my friends oh, said don't they all I know right. But the, my friend said, what do you call a guy under six foot? Just a friend. Oh. Look right? at you, Claire. <laughs> I know. Look at coming you. Just, the, oh, I can't take ownership of that joke. Yeah. I just thought it was pretty funny. Coming out against Consider the shorties. <laughs> Not that there's anything against it, but I don't know. Yeah. No comment. Two guys you went on dates with on Bachelor in Paradise weren't six feet. I know that. <laughs> what? Who are you talking about? Two guys. Jared. On Paradise, Jared. I don't think Jared's six feet, is he? Looks about five Jared's two. Tall. Oh, Jared is tall. Yes. Okay, not five two. I was kidding, but uh, five two. Get he, out of here. Jared doesn't look six feet to me. Neither does Mikey Tenerelli. They're both tall. They're both big guys. Oh, over six feet. Both? Well, let's put it this way: if I can put heels on, and you're still like, I don't have to hug you. Or- have my arm around your neck. Like I don't have the upper hand. You're I mean, you're tall. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. For me, I'm five, five, four. So it's not, I don't know. I just, how do we get, you just want, you just want JJ Watt to manhandle you. We get it. Gotcha. That's a great, that's a great way to end the podcast is here's the thing. I feel like he doesn't know who you are. Oh, I mean, doesn't have a clue. Doesn't have a clue. Not like I've tried to slide in his DM or anything. Yeah. Can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let's not talk yeah. about this anymore. No, let's that, just say it's not Dexter. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've gotten off the fact that Dexter's your celebrity. So it's J.J. Watt. Okay. No, that's a that's a good way. Or Charlie. My boy Charlie. Yeah, or Charlie. So that's a good way to end the podcast. We've gotten Claire's new crushes, J.J. <laughs> Watt or Charlie Hunnam. the crushes of the week. And again, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm glad I know the fans are going to like it because they like you and you are a, you've always been a fan favorite on this show and I can't thank you enough for rescuing me on, on this, on, on this podcast on ugh, can't even speak on this podcast <laughs> tonight. Yeah. No so, problem. Like I said, you caught me in a good moment right after yoga. So yeah, you're all your endorphins are, is that right? Is that, is that right word? Endorphins. Endorphins. Yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, you're uh thank you thanks again we uh this was this was fun i appreciate it and thanks for coming on and we will catch up with you in the future no doubt always a pleasure thank you claire you're welcome thanks again to claire for doing that i really appreciate it like we said on tuesday i told you that diana stagliano was going to be the guest and bad communication scheduling mix-ups i read things wrong i think she read things wrong it just it's my mistake Hopefully we will have Deanna on in the future. But again, thanks to Claire for for stepping in and doing a admiral job on that podcast because that was great. I really enjoyed talking to her. I thought we were going to go twenty or thirty minutes, just kind of wrap up the first episode and 
get our thoughts, uh, get her thoughts on the first episode. You already know all of my thoughts from Tuesday's column, but to uh, to listen to that and to even get into her past and her dating relationships, that's really uh, it's it was interesting to see, and uh, hope you all like that. So thanks again to Claire for coming on. We will be back next week. I want to. Never announce again <laughs> before the podcast is recorded who's the next guest, but uh, I have thrown some names out there that are scheduled to be on, and uh, one of them will be on next week for Podcast 28. So uh, thanks again for tuning in. If you could rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcast, I would really appreciate that. It certainly helps the podcast overall. So again, thanks to Claire. I am Reality Steve, and this has been Podcast Number 26. Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon. See you.